So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, uh, this, I'm sorry, um, this is, I think, gonna be about Jeff Bezos and his qualities, and maybe I guess we go on with uh, something else than his qualities. Looking forward to that, I hope you as well, hope you had a great time listening to the podcast or watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> Um, can I? No. I'm very sorry, because the intro is broken <laughs> somehow. I do not know how this actually happened to me uh, once before. A little bit fucked up, because, but, yeah. What can I do? Not too bad. You know, they're just way worse things. I'm actually complaining about stupid things like the intro not working, not having as much followers as you would want to have, even though these are just, you know, very, very bullshit metrics, aren't they? Because the amount of followers could tell something. I do not want to lie. And I just having an audience is just kind of referring to or you're just giving something towards something everybody wants just. Once as a content creator, once as a creative person as well, I guess. Um, at least, you know, who is dis distributing his work as well. You know, everyone wants to have some kind of an audience, but like only living for the followers which is actually something people do you know people who are actually only having instagram to just you know gain followers i don't understand this you know you do not have a product you do not have a company you're not a creative person that want to just distribute their shit you're just willing to have more followers than maybe somebody else and this is something then that i do not quite understand but yeah i i do understand this like you know why not, but I do not get it why people actually are doing it. But yeah, um, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the, to the next episode of the self-development with tactics podcast, and uh, yeah, I hope you're as pumped as I am, I hope I didn't do the intro just before, because I just didn't remember. But yeah, uh, we are going ahead with Jeff Bezos, as said in the intro, that unfortunately didn't work um, we're going ahead with Jeff, Jeff Bezos and, you know, what he's able to do, uh, what he's good at and, you know, what so ever, which is quite interesting, which is really, really interesting, I guess, um, to see how these big minds, maybe, uh, work internally or what qualities they have, what characteristics they have and so on. Actually gonna have to cut my hair just yeah in the next few weeks i guess uh the next point and um, if you're interested in a, a lot more points i actually went through the whole thing quite yeah quite the whole thing yesterday so check out yesterday's episode if you really want to get the most uh out of the summary um or i guess you should actually just go through every single episode that i did on this summary but yeah uh, so, Energy and Conviction. John Doerr, uh, which is a person I don't know, uh, walked into the door and this guy with a boisterous laugh who was just exuding energy comes bounding down the steps. In that moment, I wanted to, to be in business with Jeff. 
oh, I see, you know, the energy Bezos had and all the positivity, I guess, you know. I do really think, like, um, being positive and having great enthusiasm and or energy for something really can lead you to a lot. I, I somehow feel like this. I don't know. I do just really know that people just understand other people to some degree, not fully, but they see when somebody is enthusiastic about something, when somebody has a lot of energy for something, and when somebody's just putting in a lot of time for something as well, um, like, yeah, you can notice somehow if you're talking to certain people, but I'm sorry, I'm gonna drink something. Uh, so that I'm not drying out. And um, yeah, I understand it. You know, if someone just comes to you who is so fucking uh, enthusiastic and so happy about what he's doing or so excited about what he's wanted to or what he's willing to achieve, yeah, you know, they have energy and you can somehow just be like, okay, I kind of feel like they are going to do something about their problem or about um, actually just getting to their dream. And then why shouldn't you do business with them? But yeah, um, he was so convinced that uh, that what he was doing was basically to work of to work of God. Bezos on motivation. I'm very motivated by people counting on me. I like to be counted on. Yeah, I guess so. A regret minimization framework. Uh, on leaving D.A. Shaw in 1994, I knew when I was 80 I would never think about why I walked away from my 1994 Wall Street, Wall Street bonus. I knew I might regret not having participated in this thing called the internet that I thought was going to be a revolutionizing event. Was to be a revolutionizing event. Totally. I guess it's often like you know, you're regretting these things you didn't do. The problem there is, you know, you could also just regret not staying at... Well, no, 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 no. I think you would just totally regret not going for the internet if you would have been just in Bezos' position. Uh, missionary versus mercenary. Bezos said, which is now... Which is a little bit, you know, problematic with going through the summaries just for the podcast listeners, because sometimes there are actually some direct speeches, and if I'm just reading over these things, uh, they really sound crappy and really sound not good, <laughs> and um, might even disturb you from actually your um, audio experience, or listening experience, actually. Um, so Bessel said, um, I would take a missionary over mercenary, mercenary any day. One of those great paradoxes is that it is usually the missionaries who end up making more money anyway. I do have to be really honest, I do not know the difference between a missionary um, um, yeah okay it's always great uh, to her to have so that is usually the missionary. Um, who end up making more money anyway. Like, I don't know if I'm getting this correctly, but I do somehow feel like the missionaries are actually the people who are just... If I'm just saying... 
Yeah, who just wanna work and who just enjoy the work, isn't it? And the mercenary just wanna win. If I'm understanding this correctly, I'm very sorry if not, but I, if it is like this, just kind of moving on with my thoughts, it makes sense. Because if you're just really only into winning, just like, like you're not actually liking the work you're doing and you're just, you know, into winning and being the best and, you know, whatsoever, which is totally fine, you know. There are people who just are willing to be the best in whatsoever. This is fine, you know, and this could also just lead to a great just achievements and, you know, whatsoever. But if you do not like the, the, the work and the things you're doing all day long until you come to this point of actually winning, then it's fucked up, I guess. At least at my point of view, and at least I feel like this somehow. And um, this is also something I hear people like Gary Vee always talking about. Um, that you actually should like the process. And I actually went through a book called uh, The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, I maybe have even just put the title into the description, so therefore um, you would actually be able to find the episode online. Um, yeah, so if you're finding the video, you'll probably also able... Yeah, no, you should also be able to find the podcast. Maybe just type in my name and then, you know, The Obstacle is the Way or something like this. Uh, or Ryan Holiday, because this is actually the author. Um, yeah, uh, which is basically, I guess, the problem there is the obstacle is the way is basically inspired by Marcus Aurelius' Meditation, uh, which is actually a book by the Rome Empire or em Emperor. It's the Emperor. Not the Empire, but the Emperor. So just uh, Julius, actually, Julius Caesar. I guess, or Julius Caesar, whatever you want to pronounce it in, in, in English, but, um, which is very interesting, which is basically only about why uh, what you're doing is actually the goal and not actually the goal itself. Like, the process of actually me trying to get to some audience, trying to get to something here online, either it be through just you know Instagram or the YouTube videos or the podcast that I'm doing this is my process and if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing you know every single day then it is fucked up because then I wouldn't just kinda be able to just you know stick to it and go through all the tough times that will come up and I've been gone through a few uh, which were fucked up totally were like you know and actually the last time um, where the the whole uh, post scheduling wasn't wasn't quite there, you know, and this was very very stressful for me to be honest, to be really honest. It really stressed me out because I really had to post every single post just manually, at least for Instagram, which was a lot of work. You know, it's ten posts a day, uh, and quite three to four out of them are when I'm quite sleeping. So at least two of them, because the first. One is in two in the morning, the second one four in the morning, then eight, ten, twelve, and then every two hours, which is a lot, you know. It's first of all a lot of work to actually put them into the software to let them just actually be scheduled, and then they actually say, okay, no, you can't schedule them, or they just didn't, or they weren't scheduled. It's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. But yeah, I shouldn't complain. And... Choi Kove, former CFO, which is the chief financial officer, personal wealth was never discussed or really thought about. I see companies these days where I th 
where thoughts of ex exits are foremost in the minds of top management. This value will infect the decision making down to the smallest choice by the most junior employee. Jeff attracted people like me who really need to work on things they can internalize and adopt as mission, who, who poured their hearts and souls and best efforts into building Amazon. Jeff's style always read as completely poor, focused on the best outcomes for Amazon and our customers. Let's see. Who is the CFO, CFO of Amazon right now? It's Brian Oles, Chief Financial Officer Amazon. He has even LinkedIn. What the fucking hell? Chief Financial Officer at Amazon.com. Brian Olsavsky. From Seattle. He's working at Amazon for 17 years. Uh... Three years as the financial officer, a vice president internal retail. He has always been quite in high positions, I see. Whether it be in Amazon or Fisher Scientific, he has an MBA in finance and a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering. Interesting. Very interesting, but I would like to see what he is making. <laughs> the funny thing is, if you really type in just Amazon, wait a second. Jeffrey P. Bezos, which is actually Jeff Bezos, didn't actually know his full name, is actually making 1.6 million a year. Or was making 1.6 million a year uh, 2017. And most out of it is actually not from cash. And also not from equity but from something else. The Brian T. Olsavsky, the SVP, uh, which is second vice president, could it be actually, and financial and chief financial officer, actually made 163,000 by 2017, which is Thirteen k a month, which isn't that much to to be really honest. It's, it's it's not really that much, you know. If you're just you know viewing it as uh, I don't know, you know, it's it's the biggest one of the biggest companies in the world or in the world. He's not making that much, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't have that, that that much clue of you know the whole finance world and whatsoever. Um, I hope that the microphone isn't actually picking up all the noises that my PC is just now making. But now we actually head into the, the management techniques section. Mm. 
Ja, Six Pages and the Narratives. Bezos dislikes, dislikes PowerPoint for allowing people to hide between bullet points and avoiding complete expressions of thoughts. Instead, he requires people to write presentations in prose. New product releases require a mock press release to start with what the customer would see and work backward. Mm, I'll see. Reverse engineering. It's the keyword there. A meeting starts with everyone reading the document for 15 minutes. High hiring bars. Each hire should raise the bar for the next hire so that the overall talent pool is always improving. All participants in the hiring process give one of four ratings strong strong no hire inclined not to hire inclined to hire and strong hire 1994 hiring uh, a hiring ad was you must have experience designing and building large and complex system and you should be able to do so in about one third the time that most compe <laughs> competent people think possible This just really sounds like Bezos, you know, you can really see that he's pushing all the people. He's really pushing all the people and all the boundaries, whether it be in terms of hiring, working, you know, himself as a working force and um, his employees, for sure. Um, a senior interview called a bar racer talks to the candidate last and makes a final judgment on the hire. These are employees who have proven themselves to be intuitive and recruiters of talent. Uh, the two pizza teams, uh, which is actually quite, I do not want to say a famous quote, but um, it was a quote I've read from Bezos. Employees should be organized into autonomous groups of fewer than 10 people, uh, such that they could be fed with two pizzas. So he actually do not want to have teams that actually um, need more Pizzas than two. Yeah. So Bezos challenged teams to propose its own uh, fitness function, a linear combination of metrics that showed its value generation, like the rate of marketing email opens, average order size generated. Um, after some backlash in the uh, awkwardness of setting one's own metrics, Bezos, Bezos, <laughs> Bezos backpedaled on this. Communication is a sign of dysfunction. Uh, teams should figure out how to communicate less and not more. Coordination among people uh, wastes time and the people closest to a problem should be solving them. Bezos wanted decentralization, autonomous working units and independent decision making. He knew that the top-down top management, as in Microsoft, slowed decisions and stifled innovation. Bezos hated seeing TVs mounted in a conference room as a sign of clumsy communication. He had them removed and left the mounts hanging for years, like a, a warlord leaving the uh, de de decapitated uh, heads of his enemies as a symbol. Gonna read this again, I'm sorry. Uh, decapitated, which means just, you know, without a head or just only the head, like, yeah. So around uh, 2003, Bezos stopped having one-on-one -on -one meetings with his reports, thinking they are more uh, often filled with trivial updates and politics rather than brainstorming and problem-solving. Uh, meeting cadences, or cadences, or whatever. 
uh, overrating reviews are done twice a year over the summer and after the holiday season. Teams draw up draw up six-page documents spelling out their plans for the year ahead. Every doc contains a few tenants at the top, principles that guide the hard decisions. Once a week, on Tuesday, departments meet with managers to review data. The executive team questions every number and asks why things happen. Once a week on Wednesday, the weekly business review happens happens run by Wilkie. It's W-I-L-K-E. Uh, 60 managers gather to review their departments, talk defects and forecasts. Bezos doesn't attend these meetings and doesn't have one-on-ones. Interesting. Uh, prices for embodying values. Bias for action. Just do it award. Doing a 2000 earthquake as Bezos and excess and excess were huddling under a conference table. Someone pokes his head out. Uh, retrieves his laptop and checks to see if Emerson is still alive. Prices for embodying values. Was this actually an honest and true price or like an award? The just do it award? <laughs> like for someone actually, actually just risking their life only to see if Amazon is doing well? He has incredibly, incredible, I think, employees. I guess he has. I guess he really has. Um, lower prices for customers. Door desk price. Which is the door desk price. Looping. Ah, you see? Um, oh, how should I explain to all the people who didn't see the other episodes? Ah, that's now a pain in the ass. Um, no, actually, it's not that... <laughs> It's not that hard to be honest. Um, Bezos' first table was actually a fucking door, like just a regular door you're having in your house. Like, there, there is a door. I would like to just you know let you see, but just a door, like a regular door. And I guess it just means that you know everyone that's so fucking poor just could buy all the products. Basically, this is what I'm assuming. Um, looping executives families when recruiting. Bezos wrote a CFO candidate and his wife a two-page letter about the impact they could make at this juncture for the internet. Throwing parties for long-lasting lieutenants like Shell Capeman and Rick Delsel. Flying friends and family to Hawaii. And so on. Rituals after the holidays, he takes time to think and read. Uh, consistent chef, chefism, <laughs> chefism, uh, reputation of stories and principles is a calculated strategy. It pounds the drum around the principles that everyone in the company needs to embody. He often tells stories of Amazon's early days, everyone shipping books on the floor late at night and barely running the servers of the house's power. Oh no. Um, calling workers out on BS. Does this mean bullshit? I don't fucking know. Uh, in holiday 2000, the VP, which is I think the vice president, isn't it, of customer service assured Bezos the customer phone wait times were under a minute without offering proof. 
Vessel styles the service number over speakerphone and waits an interminable 5, 4.5 minutes. Well, uh, dog fooding services that will eventually be released to the public. Amazon, Amazon has a history of spinning out services that were initially used only internally or by dog or by dog fooding products that are sold to the public. Which I think just, you know, all the dog food services or dog food products were they actually just, you know, initially created for all the employees? I don't know. I don't know. In 2006, Amazon launches Fulfillment by Amazon. He had built such a good service that people were willing to pay us to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon Teams as a use Mechanical Turk internally to review customer uploaded photos and check block view images. Engineering groups were told to use AWS while the servers were still in major. Branding. Bezos insists on reporting of the company as Amazon.com. He saw the IPO as a global branding event. I don't fucking know what this actually was all about. The last few things. I don't know. Maybe it was available for someone out there or interesting at least. And I do think like, which is actually something I pointed out, I think in the last episode. Actually, uh, if you're having to do a presentation on Amazon for school or for university or whatsoever, use this fucking book. The timeline in the very first section of the book is just enormously detailed. It is. It is just so incredibly detailed. Um, maybe it's even too detailed. Too too detailed because somehow actually getting boring actually uh yeah just i don't know if you just need everything maybe you do i don't know you could but i don't know i don't know i don't know <laughs> um so miscellaneous bessus indio syncrasis whatever the fuck this is is an unusual feature of a person I do have to say, Alan Chang often uses words I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, low celebrations. Early on, Bezos disliked when employees close, closely tracked the number of daily purchases. Uh, when they had its first 5,000 order day, Bezos rejected a party. There are a lot of milestones coming and that's not the way I want to run things. During the IPO, which is, I don't know what an IPO is. Short for Initial Public Offering. Okay. Okay. Um, he asked employees not to over-celebrate the moment or, or obsess over the stock price. In January, January 2000, when Amazon posts its first profits, a publicist or publicists uh, wants to frame some positive new articles. Instead, Bezos wants to frame negative stories like the Amazon.bomb cover, so employees remain scared. Interesting. Star Trek fandom. Bezos was a fan of Star Trek from childhood, spurred by the Apollo 11 mission. When he left New York to start at Amazon, he held a party to watch the final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Temper. Bezos dislikes when an employee doesn't have the right answer, tries to bluff the right answer, takes credit for someone else's work, engages in politics or shows 
uh, frailty in the heat of battle. So he's also going for quite emotional intelligence, I guess, or it kind of sounds to me like the way. Uh, in a press conference announcing toy selection, uh, Amazon has has tables with piles of merchandise representing a broad selection. Uh, Bezos is unsatisfied with the size of the piles. Do you want to hand this business to our comp competitors? This is pathetic. I guess he's quite a tough boss, isn't he? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. In response to an executive who re requested business class flights, and that is not how an owner thinks. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> well... But yeah, it is somehow dumb, you know, why would you just take business flights? They're just costing way too much, I guess. Or, like, I don't know. I don't know if just, you know, Amazon as a company could just get a pretty great deal on them. In response to an executive who, oh, I read that. If that's our plan, I don't like our plan. I do not, I do need to go down and get the certificate that says I'm CEO of the company to get you stop challenging me on this? Question mark. Are you lazy or just incompetent? Wow. I trust you to run world-class operations and this is another example of how you are letting me down. After reviewing the annual plan from supply chain team, I guess supply chain isn't doing anything interesting next year. Uh, to a supply chain team causing software bugs leading to a lack of recognizing revenue, you're a complete, you are a complete fucking idiot. I have no idea why I hire idiots like you at the company. Paraphrased. In brackets. Uh, to a Kindle 2 presentation team, I don't know if you guys don't have high standards or if you just don't know what you're doing. Oh my god. When he gets an email of super custom experience, he forwards it to the responsible party with a single with a question mark with a question mark. Single question mark. People who people know he's ready to explode and they rush to solve and explain how it happened within a few hours. And this spreads downward into his lieutenants. Jeff Wilke, now CEO Worldwide Retail, also seems to explode at times. He had a daily conference calls with general managers and required them to know daily facts. Um, how many orders had shipped, the number of trucks waiting outside. A manager started counting 1, 2, 3 and Wilkie exploded. Okay, I don't know. Carl Reman, he head of Hardline, head of Hardline Business, I would yell at buyers if Amazon's prices were higher than competitors or if they ran out of inventory. Can I have some of what you're drinking so I can feel good about your business too? He left within two years. Wow. So the head of hardline businesses would yell at, at buyers. That's just enormous. But I guess, you know, what have I been reading, actually? His temper. Okay, it was his temper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, the problem there is if just really picking out all the worst worst things or all the bad things someone said, you could also do this with me. You know, I just was a fucking idiot. Just, you know, 
some years ago I was just a really piece of shit sometimes I really was uh, I somehow was able to change to some degree um, <laughs> just sounds so bad to me right now but but yeah you know you could do this with every single person but you know with him it just sounds to be a little bit more um, yeah I don't know severe somehow because he's the owner of Amazon he's the CEO of Amazon the founder and whatsoever and so he cannot do this you know I don't know you know there's so many I guess it's not okay it totally isn't because you actually should take care of your employees and I somehow I don't know I don't know I would just you know I would just like to be the 50th richest person on this planet but have a great culture in my company I would really like to have this I don't know you know for me it's like my legacy somehow I do not want to be remembered as the fucked up boss or the the boss who was just a piece of shit I don't want to be this but yeah um this is actually again the end of the episode <laughs> as like the other episode that I recorded just before uh, I hope you got something out of it and I still wish you the best health, happiness and success and yeah um, remember your legacy uh, remember how you are going to be remembered and uh, the last one mm, give back to the people and the world with that being said I'll see you the next time